Hi, and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well, just trucking along in this summertime. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is summertime now that I'm on this side of the world. (laughs) (laughs) We're in the same weather, same season. I know. know. Same city. It's It's a miracle. (laughs) I love it. Yay. And I'm excited today because we are wrapping up, uh, you know, one of our three-part series. Um, If you haven't joined us, we've been doing three-part series for a little while now, and we're really enjoying being able to go deeper and more into the topics that we love talking about. The latest series we've been doing, if you've missed the last two, is really on over-owning and under-owning responsibility. You know, where do we draw the line between what is actually our responsibility and we do want to take ownership of that and what is not our responsibility and we are taking way too much ownership. So it's a really great topic. And the first episode, we really spent time talking about what does this topic even really mean and how does it affect our business and our life? And so we really explored some of the, you know, overarching themes with this topic. And last week, we dove into how do we know where that line is? Because that's what I find a lot of my clients struggle with and a lot of the people in my life. Where is actually the line between over-owning and under-owning? So we talked a little bit about that. But this week, we wanted to dive into some strategies and tips. So once we are aware that we're over-owning and under-owning, and we've started to explore where that line is, what the hell do we do with it? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, No, this is like going to be, I've been looking forward to this one. This is an episode that I also want to walk away with some remembering some tools and probably learning some new ones from you, Sonia, because I think that we, by digging into sort of what is it and why does it happen, we've realized that this is a pervasive issue for many of us mm-hmm. and there's no judgment yeah. there. It's just like, this is where we are. We are constantly over owning responsibility, stepping into areas. And as entrepreneurs, you know, we are just, you know, it's like the roles that we have, the min- the many roles that we play. I think we can get very confused about where are we supposed to step in and take responsibility and take ownership and where do we delegate or where do we just step out of the room and stay in our own lane? Um, So I think that, you know, just to throw it out there right now, right off the bat, like what I've been thinking about in relation to this conversation is like, what are the roles that I really have? Like taking Mm -hmm. inventory of what are all the roles I play as an entrepreneur? What are the roles I play as a mother, as a partner, 
Because I think sometimes um, until we really get clear about all the roles we play, we can't really discern the level of responsibility we're taking in each one of those, if it's shared or if we're taking a leadership or if we're taking the back seat, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. And I think, you know, this, and we talked a lot last week about awareness, like just being more aware of what we're doing, what the impact of that is, the roles we have, you know, just just becoming more aware of that. That is such the first step. And, you know, one of the tools that I use a lot and recommend a lot to my clients is regular journaling, daily journaling. And not just like, you know, hey, this is great, but like really letting your thoughts and feelings out on paper and exploring certain topics and allowing whatever comes up to be there. Because I think when we can sort of get it out in black and white on paper and we can see it, we start to become more aware of the patterns that we're playing. So this is a great topic to explore in journaling. And I think, you know, sometimes with the over-owning or under-owning, we think we have to go directly to the strategies. Like, okay, tell me what to do. I'm (laughs) over-owning. Let me tell me how to set a boundary. Tell me who I shove out of my life. You know, like we yeah. can get to that real extreme where we want to fix it. But really, first, we it's it's very subtle sometimes that line between over owning and under owning. It requires insight and clarity before you do anything with it. Yeah, agreed. And exactly like the, today when we're talking about strategies, it's not just about strategies on on doing the thing, like, let's just cut all those um, cords Mm. and let it go. It's also strategies on how do you become self more self-aware and journaling and sort of taking inventory of, you know, and I think one prompt in journaling along these lines is sort of looking at what are the roles that I take on that feel amazing? Like, Mm. where am I in that flow state? What just comes easy for me um, to to um, take from some of your wisdom, Sonia, it's like, what have, what's like a natural impulse? What's an impulse that I've always had that's just like come easy to me? Like, what are those things going in one column, one side of the page, so to speak? And then maybe the other side is like, and what are the roles that I like constantly find myself in um, that maybe don't feel all that natural, but I just, it's kind of like knee jerk or I just always end up there and somehow being able to to write those down side by side could really create more awareness around those things, you know, those categories. Yes. Yes. That's a great perspective. Like I think those prompts are awesome and they really help you go deeper with understanding, you know, where you're over owning or under owning or what that even looks like. And I think, you know, uh, in the same realm, you're looking for the roles and the areas that are heavy, right? Because oftentimes where we feel the most heavy is because we're overburdened, right? We've taken on too much responsibility. So exploring where do we feel heavy in our life or in our relationships or in our business, that heaviness oftentimes can be tied to over owning. Yes. I I love that you're using a sensation word. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. what is that heaviness? Um, And often when you're journaling, you might notice that in your body, where do you feel really energized and light are the roles that um, that you're really enjoying having and 
stepping into. And then the ones that you're feeling heavy, you're feeling uh, constriction, you're noticing just a lot of maybe even increased uptick in anxiety as you think about them. Those are the ones that are you're probably over owning and you're struggling to keep your head above water. And sometimes we just think of that as contextual, like, well, it's just overwhelming because it is what it is. It's a lot of responsibility. But awareness is, well, is it something that I have to do, I have to tread water here, or am I choosing sort of to go into the deep end and not accept any help? (laughs) Like I'm just, I'm in this place of overwhelm and I don't necessarily need to be, but I'm just telling myself that I, that I have to, or I must be here, you know, I should, the shoulds and the coulds and yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, obviously our first sort of tip and strategy is you've got to become more aware of the situation. You've got to explore it. Like it can't just be, sometimes we have knee-jerk reactions to things in our lives and and we just think, oh, I've just got to set a boundary or I've got to tell that person no or I've got to shove them away or I've got to just cut everything off. You know, it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. But I think that ability to sit with things and explore things and look at, okay, where, where, you know, this, say I find an area in my life that I'm over owning or that feels really heavy. What does that feel like? Where does it feel like a burden? At what point does it feel like a burden? Because oftentimes we care about the people in our lives. So caring for them is not a burden in and of itself. It's something that we're doing that is like too much responsibility and it's not really ours. That's where it starts to get where it feels burdening and where caring becomes over caring. And, and so I think that's really the first step. The first strategy is start to become more aware, make that regular, you know, whether it's journaling or it's taking a walk and thinking about things, but it has to come from space, curiosity, like exploration. It's not done under fire or in reaction or in a 15 minute window. Like you need the time to really explore where am I over owning and under owning and you know how can I start to like really know those areas in myself yeah yeah and you know once you identify them there could be a lot of roles and it can be overwhelming to figure out well where do I focus my attention so I think that kind of leading with this idea of what's heavy then asking yourself kind of what's the heaviest you know what are the heaviest things that you really feel you're struggling with and maybe pick those to examine um, and take that walk and reflect on and think a little bit deeper on and I think the questions of asking yourself you know why do I hold this role is it a is it necessary that I hold this role do I feel a sense of obligation you know Mm -hmm. Um, and if it is necessary and it's a role that only you are holding right now, how could you receive more help? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then if it's an obligation, there's a different inquiry of like, why do I feel obligated? Is that really true? I mean, I think this sort of radical inquiry, stepping deeper and deeper into these um, are areas that we don't go often because we just assume the role and we're just over owning it because nobody else is going to do it. If I don't do it, I'm always the one that does it. My business will fail if I don't do it. My children will, you know, end up in just destined for a horrible life if I don't do it, you know, all the (laughs) different things. Um, And we're just not stopping long enough to pause and question the beliefs around them. 
Yes, radical inquirer. I love that. And, you know, that leads me to sort of another thought, because one of the things, one of the ways I think you can start is we've talked about over-owning and under-owning. And the way that we under-own usually, for at least a lot of women I know, is really we're not taking responsibility for ourselves, right? Like that's the under-owning part. We're over-owning responsibility for others, and we're not taking enough responsibility for ourselves. And one of the ways to do that is to begin to prioritize self-care and prioritize self-exploration and, you know, prioritize what you need. And it's really interesting because I think it was yesterday I posted in my Facebook page about asking yourself, like, really, how often do people stop and ask themselves what they really want? Like, so often we are, you know, running on that railroad track, you know, like just we have a goal and we're out to get it. And oftentimes our wants and needs change mid course. But instead of having the inquiry of what we really want, we just keep going. And oftentimes that's for other people or it's to show other people who we are. It's to prove ourselves. So there's all these other things that we're still over owning to do for others. And so even that inquiry of really looking at what do I want? Do I even want what I'm working towards anymore? Like that is such an important way to start to own our responsibility to ourselves. And I think that's really important. And it was interesting in posting that because some of the comments I got were, you know, how confronting that question was Mm. to be really honest about what we want because we're so used to over delivering for everybody else and putting our needs last. And so I think that's really interesting. And then some people even said it was a luxury. And I thought, wow, that is interesting that we think questioning and inquiring what we really want is a luxury. And so I think this is you know, a big strategy and change that you can do in your life. If this is your pattern, over-owning and under-owning, one of the first things you can actually do is start to prioritize self-care, self-inquiry, and space for yourself. Mm, Hallelujah. Exclamation mark (laughs) and underline. Okay, this is the conundrum that comes around the idea of self-reflection, self-care is that people do often think of it as extra, as a luxury, as something like, oh, it's indulgent, it's selfish. Um, And we've got it to re, we just have to flip that on its head and rethink that because we know that if we aren't putting that ability to reflect with ourselves, to dive deeper, to serve ourselves, to be the gatekeeper of our energy. Like if we don't do those things, then we are not creating sustainable lives. We're not creating sustainable businesses. We're not creating sustainable families. Like nothing is, you know, long-term. And we live in this culture that's very disposable. (laughs) It's just kind of like, and we're doing it to ourselves. Like we're making ourselves uh, just like, oh, I'm just going to work, work, work until I'm, you know, done with. And then I'll just sit somewhere in zombie land, you know, (laughs) and just be, you know, just kind of like, oh, I'll be old and not be able to contribute. It's like, no, we have to think about ourselves in a different way. So I love that um, you brought up like kind of these different reactions that that we all have, because if we're not self-reflecting, then we aren't aware of these beliefs that can be really limiting. And yeah, and like to own your own business, it's 
it's just crucial to be self-examining if you're self-employed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Look, I tell my clients, like, the first thing you need to do is self-care. Like, the first thing, like, not the last thing. Like, over sales, over delivering to your clients, the very first thing you need to be doing is self-care and self-reflection and self-awareness and space. Once you have that, then you can focus on the other priorities. And we've talked about that in a few of our episodes as well. But I think, you know, this is a key because... It allows us to be able to bring back into balance our over-delivering, under-delivering. It allows us to bring back into balance, you know, our energy because we're so used to over-delivering. We don't even recognize it. But what happens and what's so beautiful is when we stop under-owning our responsibility to ourselves, something happens in our awareness where we really begin to realize and recognize when we're over-delivering and, and over-owning responsibility with others. It's like there's more awareness there because we've had that feeling of like, oh, this is what it means to really own my responsibility to myself. Yes. Yes. And you just understand, you you understand the direction you're going. Like you were saying, yeah. you know, too many people, if they're ignoring the self, they end up in a place that maybe is financially um, successful by other people's standards, may look like an amazing accomplishment, but they, they're somewhere where they didn't actually intend to be if they weren't constantly checking in, kind of using the self to be your guidepost, like keep coming back. And is this mine? And this kind of comes back to this other strategy that we've referred to the last two episodes, I think, but we haven't fully gone into, but is that ability to, to say, is this mine or is this somebody else's? You know, yeah. and I use this in therapy all the time with people who are highly empathic. They they take on everyone yeah. else's agenda. They take on everybody else's emotions, and in doing so, they become chronically fatigued. They have a lot of yep. mood disorder, dysregulation, because they no longer can feel what is theirs and what is someone else's. They just constantly feel like it's theirs. Well, we can be doing that in our businesses where we take on all of our clients' issues. We take all of the if we have investors, if we have. Um, public um, persona that we're trying to keep up and we're trying to, you know, do take on everyone else's expectations of us, everyone else's idea of who we are to become, what our business is to become, then we can no longer discern what is theirs and what is ours. It becomes one big mush, right? So one of the biggest strategies that is in alignment with, um, with self-awareness, but I guess would be then a second step is then you become self-aware enough to the discern so that you can say, let me take that off my plate. This is not mine. This is not my responsibility. Um, this is not mine to, to own. And, and this is a big one, right, Sonia? Because it's like, you can say this, it, this discernment, yeah. but it's like the only way that I know you and I've really gotten more clear on this is to move beyond the thinking mind and go into the felt sense of how we really can feel. Is this something that is mine to do? Do I feel that in my body that it, that it's mine or can I feel like it's heavy and that it's burdening me and that there's something that's not quite a right fit. That means it's most likely somebody else's. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, briefly last week, we talked about um, the circle of power and what our response, like sort of what our abilities and powers are within our own circle of power and what our powers are with others. And really, you guys, the only power we have with others is to make agreements or to communicate. That's it. How many of you in your relationships are trying to do more than make an agreement and communicate? I guarantee you 90% of your relationships, you're trying to control, make something happen, get them to act, you know, like make them, you know, make them do something, especially with like our kids and our partners. Like, like this is how we're functioning as humans. And it's common, like we're all doing it. And so, you know, it's really interesting when you step back and start to reframe that, you know, really, we don't really have a responsibility to others except to, you know, fulfill agreements, which we can always re-agree upon, right? Right. Or to communicate where we're at or what we're feeling or how we're feeling. What they choose is up to them. But I think what we struggle with is letting go of control. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so then we, you know, we, we sit there and, and that, you know, need to control things is what drives so much of that over responsibility. And, you know, and then we, of course, justify it. Right. And you guys, I'm very, very clear about this pattern because I have done it my whole (laughs) life. And so, like, I'm in no way saying, yeah, everyone else does this. I absolutely do this. And I have had to do so much work on it. And, you know, it's so often we justify it in ways of like, you know, yes, but if we don't do it, nobody will do it. Or yes, everything will fall apart if we don't handle it. Or if we're not responsible for our partner and our kids, then the house will fall apart. Our kids will fall apart. Or everything will fall apart. Or, you know, there's all these ways we use it. But the truth is, it's not our responsibility to keep everyone else together. Yes. And I love this connection that you're drawing to It's not our responsibility to control others. And that control issue is what gets us in trouble. And it often comes from a really, you know, a great place of being that capable person, being that person that's reliable, that people depend on, that can get it done. And so it comes from this really great place. And then you get rewarded for that and you get promoted for that and you get praised for that. And it feels really good because you know how to manage things and how to control it and how to make it happen. But at the end of the day, that is way too much for one person to hold energetically over controlling and over owning things just leads to exhaustion. And if you're an amazing person like that, that you're dependable and awesome and people can rely on you, you want to stretch that out for years and years and years. (laughs) Like utilize that talent for many more years to come instead of ending up depleted and just completely crashing and burning it's like being able to we talked about that in the very beginnings like this is something that leads to burnout so the opposite of over controlling and over owning means that you learn how to create um this this ebb and flow of your energy that's long term that's the long game that's sustainable so that you get to do all of this for longer that you get to be in your relationships longer because you live longer. Like people who over control and over own, they get sick. You know, we yep. end up with much more chronic illness when we're overperforming. 
And so, yeah, it's just, I'm glad that you're bringing up this kind of controlling issue because I think that's kind of one that people have a little bit of shame once they realize they feel a little embarrassed. But just know, like, ladies, like, or in the men that are listening, like, we got into being that way because we are super capable and there's nothing to feel ashamed about. But then awareness of, like, letting other people step in, letting other people help and know that even if things don't go well or like just let things be messy sometimes let other people have their time and step up and get some stuff yeah yeah you guys and this is the thing is like yeah control and I know we have like a lot of negative connotations right oftentimes we see control as aggressive or we see control in in that masculine side that you know the the people controlling each other and manipulating and really evil intentions you know like oftentimes we kind of look at it like that but I mean, we all want to control. That is human nature. Like it's not, and it doesn't always look aggressive. You know, oftentimes it is exactly that. We're just super capable and we're taking on everything because we can manage it and we're praised for it and people love us for it. But in all honesty, it's disempowering others, right? We're enabling others. Every time we control or take over, you know, ownership of their responsibility, we are disempowering and enabling them. That is the bottom line. And that's really sometimes hard for us to look at because we have created such negative stuff around it. But this is reality. And the more we own it and the more we like look at it without judgment and with self-compassion to be like, yep, I do that. Yep. You know, I definitely want to control things. I mean, I am exactly like that. I am capable. I manage things well. I'm good at what I do. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm better if I'm controlling situations. I mean, that's what I tell myself, you know, like, (laughs) like everyone has a better life if I'm managing the household, you know, but we don't realize how you know, those patterns enable people to not step up. They enable them not to take responsibility for themselves. They enable them to, to be disempowered. And, you know, it, over the long term, it's not great. And sometimes we think, but it's a quick fix. It's a quick fix for this moment when, like, it would just be better if I just control my four-year-old. You know, but sometimes we don't recognize the long-term impact of every time we do that. Yes. Exactly. And, you know, being able to, again, this is just, I mean, I think if we were to underline the biggest strategies, the biggest approaches, it's like this self-awareness and this ability to tend to oneself. You know, what we have done to ourselves by, or let me back up a little bit. Like when many of us became entrepreneurs, we left a culture or an environment or situation that we felt wasn't actually allowing us to be our best selves. We weren't somehow serving in the way that we felt was our ultimate way to give back or to make a difference. We had something of an issue that we saw we wanted to create a solution for. Women entrepreneurs time and time again, we'll talk about that why and talk about that passion. So we know we come into our businesses with this beautiful energy of creating change. And then somehow along the way, we keep kind of on, just keep taking on and keep taking on more and more of that responsibility because we're so passionate about it. We so want it to be in the world and we just keep taking it on and keep taking it on. And unfortunately, as we take on more and we say yes to more, we neglect ourselves 
and we say no to ourselves. Every yes to something in the world is a no to your own energy. We have to, and it's kind of like people feel bad even saying that when they're passion driven entrepreneur, you don't want to be like, well, okay, I feel bad saying no to myself. So I'm going to, you know, say no to all these people. We, we feel really perplexed by that because we're here to serve. We're here to create. But if we are not able to find that balance and be able to really say yes to yourself so that you can stay in service to others, then that big dream that you had is just not as likely to come to fruition because it needs you. It needs a healthy you at the core of it. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And maybe we also need to reframe a little bit or talk a little bit about leadership. I mean, true leadership is being in your power, being in your energy, being the example. It isn't teaching more and more and more and more until you're drained. It isn't giving more and more and more and more until you're drained. Like that is not leadership. That is not, you know, being the shining example. Like that is what creates the most change. That is what creates the most inspiration. It's living, you know, as that person. It's owning what is yours. It is you know, taking care of yourself, like that's the greatest example that creates the most impact and change. And we forget about that because somehow we've just tied to out giving, outpouring, out, you know, service, 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 that somehow that is what makes us great or gives us value or, you know, is our leadership or is our impact. But that actually comes second from us being in our power and being in great leadership. And look at the people that you've seen in the world. Like well, you can really tell those people who are in their power, who are, you know, taking care of themselves. Like you want to be near them. You want to, you know, understand what they're doing. Like you feel drawn to them. Like that is such a a powerful realization when we recognize that the path to creating what we're here to do is about owning our responsibility to ourselves. It is about stepping into self-care. It is about self-reflection. It is about self-development. And from there, we lead as shining examples. Yeah. And I, I love that for our children as well, right? Like one of the things that parents forget is like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to model imperfection. Like you show your kids, oh, I've taken on too much. And you know what happens? I started getting grumpy at home and then I didn't want to do the things that normally we do as a family. So I'm course correcting and that's okay to slip and to make mistakes and to over own like these stories, these, um, you know, these experiences can be things that we then share. We want our team, we want our customers, our clients, our children, the more they can see the authentic self, the more they can see the imperfections and the mess, then the more they give themselves permission to do the same. And then we are shifting from that culture that is afraid of imperfection, that's always driven by like, I've got to be the best. I mean, we start measuring our, our, we as humans start being measured at the beginning, as soon as we come out of the womb. We're in a percentile. Is this kid growing <laughs> oh, or not I'm growing? Crazy. 
(laughs) Are they achieving or not achieving? Have they learned to read, not learned to read? You know, (laughs) it's just like constant measurement, measurement, measurement. So it's no wonder that we end up in this place, like constantly trying to show our best selves. But our future humanity, the evolution is moving to a place where we embrace all of the messiness and the imperfection. And I think that that is why the Western cultures have a lot to learn from Eastern cultures because they've learned that, they've kept with that wisdom for many years to use like all of the, the, the sort of the, the muck and the mire and the, you know, they use it to, sh- to teach lessons, to show the parables, to show the ability of human nature to um, transform and to um, move up and beyond. So I think that in this culture, especially within the United States, where everything is about achievement, that we can do so much to model the steps, the journey, the long game. I mean, this goes into so many threads that we've talked about on this podcast, which is being real about what it really takes to move forward towards things that you want to achieve. It's not a one-step linear from A to Z kind of thing. Not at all. Not at all. So I've loved this series. And so what I think would be really cool very quickly is let's just talk a little bit about the sequence. Like, so let's say you have recognized that you have a pattern of overowning and underowning, and you have done some exploration and work around, you know, where is that line is and the areas of your life that you need to work on. So that's an amazing sort of couple of steps. I think, you know, as we talked about, one of the next steps is prioritizing self-care and ownership of the responsibility you have to yourself. When you do that, that automatically writes some of the imbalance. So just by choosing yourself, just by prioritizing yourself, some of that imbalance is, you know, shifted. So then... I think we have to talk about, you know, what do you do with others? Because this is where I think a lot of people sit in confusion. All right, I've done all that, but I still have people who are pulling at me. I still have people who demand. I still have, you know, how do I deal with my clients? Because, you know, I really have to serve them. I have to make sure I give them the most value. And so, you know, really the next thing is being able to communicate clearly, right? So, you know, as I was saying last time and a little bit this time is the powers that we have with others is to communicate clearly and to renegotiate, right? So to create a new agreement, to renegotiate an old agreement, like those are the only powers we have with others. And so really with the people in your life that you recognize you're over-owning, maybe they're aware, maybe they're not aware, whatever, the first thing you could do is really communicate, hey, this is what I need to do for myself. This is where I feel like I need to say no, or here's how I'm feeling about our relationship. Like it's that communication, that open, honest communication that can really, really shift things. And then it's about creating new agreements. Sometimes we're so afraid to renegotiate agreements like somehow we have you know designed this thing in our life that says once you make an agreement it is 
the end of it. Like, that's it. You fulfill that agreement at any cost, right? Like, that is unrealistic. When we have an agreement, we can always, always, always renegotiate that agreement. And I think it's important for us to give ourselves permission for that. What else, Laura, would you say is some strategies we can have when we're trying to work with others who we know we have patterns with of overowning? Well, I love like the clarification that you've just brought. And I think the only thing that I would add to that is the importance of um, talking this through with someone that you trust as well. Like a business coach or a therapist. I mean, like I'm going to bring this back to we've been talking about doing all of this personal work. um, And it's okay. So my, my PSA is it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to go to someone and say, I think I am really struggling with overowning and I need to talk this through. Or are there areas that you see me taking on that are not necessary? Like your partner might be a great person. Like you guys can talk about it that sees you all the time and be like, is there an area that I'm just... I'm just doing way too much. Uh, you see me neglecting myself. You know, I know my, my husband can speak to that pretty quickly and he'll be like, yeah, yeah, we're neglecting the couple time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, and like, how can I help, help you do that? Because I've told him, I was like, if we're going to do dates, I'm going to need you to plan them. See, that was one where I get, because I used to think that was my job too, to keep yep. the relationship going and keep, a, you know, make sure we're prioritizing our couplehood while the kids are also happy and work is, you know, I was like, but I've got to be the one that gets the dinner reservation or, or schedules the babysitter. And so now I'm really honest with him. If this time together is going to happen, which I would love it to, I need you to schedule it. You let me know yeah. when you want time with yeah. me. <laughs> it's on you. It's so good. So good. And I also think just to um, just to clarify one thing is what yeah. you were saying as well is make sure that whoever you're talking to is a neutral party, right? right? So sometimes our partners are not neutral in these spaces and trying to ask them where we over own or under own, it can trigger their own things. And so that is a bit of a challenge. You definitely want someone who is more neutral around these kind of topics, whether that's a therapist, a business coach, or a partner who is neutral and isn't triggered by, you know, sort of lack of time with them or, you know, um, watching you kind of overown or feels like you should overown, right? Yes. So a lot of people have partners who feel like, well, it is your responsibility to handle all the domestic duties and all your work and the kids and all of that. I wouldn't suggest kind of working with them because they're not neutral. Exactly. So just to clarify that piece. No, definitely underline that. <laughs> one. Um, to, you know, and that's why if you feel in your personal relationships that it's become such a pattern that people don't even see where they're putting more on you and they wouldn't yeah. be able to help reflect that very well, going to a neutral party um, completely like a therapist or, or a coach um, can really be helpful. And then if you have that partner, um, I mean, you can imagine I'm a therapist. So my husband has been through the ups and downs of self-examination and couple examination. Yeah. So I've gotten him to a place where, <laughs> where 
I can help. Mine as well. They're, they're out of place where they can help. <laughs> <laughs> Done lots of training. Um, but now I'm going to step back and uh, reap the benefits of that. So, yeah, definitely be mindful of, of who you're asking support from. But don't forget that this is a, um, a place that you don't need to dwell alone. You don't need to yeah. feel stuck or kind of hang out there a long time by yourself. Remember to to ask for help and and know that your strategies for dealing with this will also change over time as your children age as your company changes and evolves there's different ways that you will need to come back this is not a one-time oh I did an inventory years ago when Sonia and Laura suggested that I do it and then I've been <laughs> following that for a, you know ever since like this is going to be one of those things I would put kind of in your yearly audits um of our weekly audit. Yes, I mean, like I think I reevaluate weekly. Where am I at? Am I prioritizing self care? What am I doing to myself? Am I over owning, under owning? What do I really want? These are things that need to be evaluated like often. Yes, like don't wait more than 12 months. And if you can, do it daily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, look, I think it's so important. And, you know, obviously, a lot of this comes back to self-awareness. And I love what you said about support, because sometimes even just talking it out with someone who's neutral can allow you to think it through in a different way and to see things in a different way. And when you have that realization or that insight, you kind of know what to do. Like a lot of people want these, you know, specific strategies, like exactly how do I go talk to someone? And I'm like, well, (laughs) like, you know, that varies. But the best way to do it is for you to really feel and have the insight on your own and to be aware of where you're over owning and under owning. And then you'll know what to do. When you have that awareness, you know what to do. You don't need a strategy, but it's the awareness you're lacking or the clarity that you're lacking that will then give you the awareness and knowing of what to do. Exactly. Yeah. This has been such a great deep dive into this conversation, to this topic. Yeah. 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 Look, and if you, you know, have missed anything, you know, you can go back and listen to the other episodes. We love this topic. So, you know, if you want to ask us questions, you know, you can always pop into our group. So yeah, definitely feel free to reach out if you need anything. Share your moments where you've actually let something go or taken on something good for yourself. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right. Well, we'll wrap up for today. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We're so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.